Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, uh, our post-game player reviews. It is a few hours after uh, the Hawthorne Carlton game, MCG. Cracking game of football. Carlton 11 8 74 defeated Hawthorne uh, 11 7 73. Hawks were as much as 40, what, 41 points down, I think, at one stage. Um, hit the lead in the last quarter. Couldn't sustain it. Uh, but very encouraging. We could uh, Hawthorne could be North Melbourne, which turns its toes up after a terrible first quarter and loses by 108 points, or they could come back and nearly win it. So that's what they did. Uh, great day for footy. Lots to like about Hawthorne, even in defeat in this one. I'm joined by Darren Levine. Hi, Daz. Ash. Um, yeah, b- bit of a disappointing finish to the game, and I, I just come away from that thinking just how proud I am of the, that young team and their willingness to to fight back and get our noses in front of, at the end. It was just it was just we'll take they'll take a lot out of that for sure. And Danny Prince, hello. Evening Ash. Evening Darren. Nice to be here. And uh yeah, I think that was as close to a win as you can get without having a win, I reckon. Uh you're wearing a feeler top or Sergio Tachini? That's a feeler. That's a feeler top. Yeah. Bring it very, bring, make it a retro. retro. It's you know they were they were talking about Carlton and Hawthorne being bringing back the 80s. Very now, 80s. Do the same thing tonight. Very 80s. Very impressed. All right. Let's go to the team. We'll do it in uh, jumper number order. So we'll start at number one. Harry Morrison, 19 disposals, 11 kicks, uh, eight handballs. As I scroll down, he has 84% disposal efficiency. A great goal, banana goal in the run in the last quarter that got Hawthorne to within a kick that had everybody up and about. That elicited the, the loudest roar I've heard from a Hawthorne crowd at the MCG for I don't know when. Uh, possibly since uh, a young Surioli was doing great things of all the ironies. Uh, how did you see his game, boys? Yeah, really good. Um, I'm not uh, the biggest Harry Morrison fan, but I thought he was really solid today, especially when uh, the chips were down. I think he did some really good things. So um, I had him as a seven. And I think, you know, like you said, the the cheer at the MCG was huge. The cheer in my mum and dad's lounge room was pretty big as well, let me tell you. Yeah, seven and a half for me for Harry. I think he's really continued his form from the preseason uh, into the into the year. I think he's really cementing his place in the side and it's become a pretty important player for us. Just know, kind of uh, know what you're going to get from him every week now, which is something that you probably couldn't say for Harry in the past. Um, and that, that goal was amazing. Yeah, thought he played well. Uh, so he'd said already in some of the post-warms tonight that he's particularly, well, he might be better suited to the Sam Mitchell game plan than the Elsa Clarkson game plan. So uh, for now, he's best 22 player, I think. Um, we move to Mitch Lewis, six disposals, uh, four marks, zero tackles, which I'm not sure whether you'd know, like to see a little bit of uh, forward pressure from the great man if the ball, he's not marking the ball, uh, or not doing a great deal. Kicked a goal. Um, he had 85% of his play in the fourth half, as you'd expect. Nothing really substantial apart from that. He's probably due a down, I would have thought, Mitch Lewis. I mean, he's been talked up uh, for two weeks. Some of the delivery of the forward line, especially earlier, was atrocious, so you can't really blame him for having a quiet day. How'd you see it, Des? Yeah, I reckon a five for Mitch, but I also feel he was really let down by the service today. He was, um, you know, he, he, he really struggled to get into the game in the early stages, kicked an important goal for us, but really just let down by the service, I would say. And, um, you know, also wasn't working as hard as he was in the past couple of games up the ground, so... Um, expect him to lift next week, um, and especially with with the likes of Cozzy and Sarong, Jekka sort of knocking on the door a bit at Box Hill. Daddy. Yeah, uh, I couldn't give him a pass mark. I gave him a four, but he's not the only one I'll give a low score to um, this weekend. I just think we need more than six touches out of our key forward um, if we're going to win games of football. So um, he's just got to find a way to get his hands on it a bit more often. Yeah, Carl got a few good backline. I think he was he was stood by uh, Jacob Weedering for a while. Weedering was phenomenal. He was a great player, a really super player. Took that uh, important mark at the end um, to save the game, but maybe perhaps save the game for the Blues. So uh, yeah, no, I agree, Mitch. Uh, we give him uh, we give him a, a down week. He's obviously tied to that, but uh, he'll need to step up next week. Todd Mitchell, twenty three disposals. Um, Four marks, three tackles, a goal, a nice goal as the Hawks start to come back. Uh, 
in the second. Was he scoring the first or the last quarter? Or was it um, in the second quarter? Yeah, the last quarter. Last quarter, yeah. Last quarter, just before Harry Morrison's. Kane Corn panned him on the radio, saying that uh, earlier on, saying this was never be a top one midfielder because of his kicking, and there was what, a couple of times when he's kicking into the forward line was ordinary. But that was a great finish from Tom Mitchell. He had uh, he's on the ground for ninety nine point two four minutes, gained three hundred nineteen meters. Um, Six clearances as well, one centre clearance, five stoppage clearances. Uh, Danny, what, what do you think? Another serviceable game by Mitchell. I think he's had um, a solid but unspectacular year so far. That was uh, the goal had shades of Tom Phillips from last season about it, just out of the pack, falling over. Beautiful finish. Um, I give him a seven as well. I thought he was decent, but we got slaughtered in the guts. So uh, none of our mid, well, not many of our midfielders are getting high marks today for me. In the first quarter, the clearance, I'm going to look at his first quarter stats, he had one clearance. Um, and that was a Carlton took control of the game. And ultimately, he what won in the game. So he did. He certainly needed to do better. Four disposals in the first quarter. He needed to be a bit sharper earlier. Daz? Yeah, six and a half for me. I feel like he was one of the culprits in that first quarter where we just could not get our hands on the footy. And you just expect more from the senior bloke in the midfield there who's supposed to be winning the footy. That's his job. Um, 23 touches. I think he worked himself pretty well into the game, but yeah, you, you, you just want him to be a bit more damaging. And, and when you look at how damaging Carlton's midfield was, uh, we, we're just sort of lacking that, that player at the moment. James, f- number five, Warple, 23 disposals, um, five marks, three tackles. Um, he had uh, 10 contested, 11 uncontested possessions. Uh, three clearances, one set of clearance, two stoppage clearances. And uh, I thought, he, I mean, I'm not, I'm leaving you guys right. I thought Walker well, played a really good game today. I thought he, uh, and I thought it was really interesting that um, we did discuss this. Mitchell started on the bench, uh, which I found uh, a very surprised move. We might discuss that a bit on the space on Tuesday night, whether we should read anything more into that. He threw some responsibility to Walker early Mitchell to say you're the guy today and I thought he responded with a pretty good game. Danny? Yeah, um, I thought he was I thought he was re- I thought he was good. I gave him a seven as well. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, he's probably a bit better than Mitchell. I just think his disposal efficiency was just really low. Like I think it was at fifty-two percent. And I think if we're getting first hands on it, we want that to be up mid mid to high sixties at the at the worst. So um, he wasn't alone. We missed a lot of targets early, especially when the pressure was on. We were getting our hands on it, uh, winning the contested footy, but we just weren't um, finding, finding Hawk jumpers once we got it. So, uh, but he, he helped us work back into the game. So yeah, he was, he was yeah, 52% Warble. Yeah. 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 Look, I like Warble's aggression around the contest and agree. I think his, his disposals um, really left a lot to be desired. I think, there's a passage of play in the, maybe the third quarter where it was just the best and worst of ball ball in about a minute burst there. He won a holding the ball decision and then butchered the footy. Um, I, I think Mitch is putting a lot of faith in him and, you know, he, he's got all the tools to to be that number one man in the midfield. He's, he's just got to use a footy better. James Sicily, uh, 24 disposals, nine marks, three tackles. Didn't kick a goal. Interesting that he was pushed forward in the last five minutes by Sam Mitchell, in a bid to try and win the game, decided, well, if we're going to go down, uh, Carlton were playing someone back, uh, playing an extra defender late. So Hawthorne decided, well, Sicily's probably more likely to maybe get the ball in a two-on-one uh, situation than the situa- than what they had. And the, the old, if we're going to lose, if we're going to lose, lose by two goals rather than lose by one, try and win the game. So that just shows the faith that uh, Mitchell uh, has in Sicily. Um, Looking at some other stats, he had um, five rebound 50s. He had uh, nine marks, one contested, eight uncontested, marks inside 50-0, uh, two score involvements. Uh, pretty good day, uh, 10 intercept possessions. Um, a good day for Warple. I thought he was, uh, he was terrific. Sorry, Sicily, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Danny? Yeah, Sis, Sis was great. Um, I, I had him as probably our second best player on the day. I'd give him an eight and a half and I thought he was really good. I think also 
Um, with no Hardigan in the team this week and Carlton's forward line absolutely flying early in the game, I thought he was going to be in trouble having to take one of Kerno or uh, or Harry Mackay. But um, the the backline managed to sort of wear him down a bit and allowed Sicily to play his more natural game and get on the front foot. And you just want the ball in his hand. There's a couple of couple of times he got took a mark or got fed the ball and just hit a 50, 60 metre pinpoint pass to a bloke to release him. And you just remember how much we missed that last year. Yeah, I agree with Danny. It's just great to have him back. And he's just, it's incredible how much he's just kind of picked up where he's left off. Scared me a bit him going forward, just from what happened what, what happened last time when he went forward. But I think it was a good move by Mitchell. And I think could have proved the difference really in the end when the, when the ball came to him at the end, but just wasn't to be. But um, yeah, Sis, Sis is an eight and a half for me. I thought he was, he was amazing. Sam Frost uh, had 12 disposals, seven marks. He, um, 100% of the time, the defensive half, no real surprises there. Six contested possessions, um, one contested mark. Uh, he had uh, three rebound 50s. He, I thought, again, had a good day. It was a bit of a bit of frosty ball. But, again, the back line after quarter time, I thought every Hawthorne defender played really well after quarter time. And he was much that group. Danny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it was a big job for Frost because he's not used to having to play on guys the size of Harry Mackay. Normally, that's who we stick Kyle Hardigan on, and um, I thought he battled manfully. Uh, initially, like you said, Ash, I think it was it was a little bit scary. I was uh, I was bracing for an eighty point plus loss, and I know uh, Brad in our WhatsApp group was thoroughly enjoying it. Um, but um, Frosty and the rest of the uh, backline unit just uh, really clamped down. And I think we restricted their midfield use a bit more. And yeah, I thought he had a great game and I'd, I'd give him a, a seven and a half. Good attention on the WhatsApp between you and, Dar- uh, you and Brad today at one stage. It was uh, quite uh, it was quite amusing to, to scroll through a quarter time. Uh, Daz? Brad's Carl- pro Carlton <laughs> levels were just off the chain today. Oh, and, and all year really. I don't know what was going on there. But I'm glad to I, – I, I was enjoying tempering it out a bit with some real Hawks positivity. I think when we were 40 points down, I, I said we'd win it from here and I, I was almost right. So um, eight and a half for me. And then Sam Frost, I reckon, gets – Sam Frost, again, just just a class defender and just his mobility. And I think there were some two-and-ones that he won where he just thought he had no chance there against, against – um, Mackay and just playing on a on an I think he gave up 10 centimetres and 10 kilos to Mackay. And yeah, he he was after that that, that first quarter, I thought Mackay was going to kick 10 goals, but Frost really um, you know, knuckled down and, and won that assignment. So yeah, another class game. I think at all at quarter time, maybe Hawthorne Swatter was saying we they they got it wrong at selection, they needed to play Hardigan as a big defensive gorilla. But uh, again, after quarter time, they all came good. Uh, Shankwath GF, 27 disposals, uh, eight marks, three tackles, 82% disposal efficiency, um, eight contested possessions, uh, 10 intercept possessions, um, two contested marks, uh, three tackles, 11 rebound 50s, 110 points for those who play AFL Fantasy. A spectacular game from CJ, who just got the Hawks going after quarter time. Even first quarter, he wasn't one of the worst. Got the Hawks going with his run and dash. The crowd came to life. Carlton supporters, Carlton people clearly worried every time the ball was in his hand. I thought he played a super game today. It was phenomenal, CJ. Um, I would, I'll give him a nine and a half, and the half marks only for him watching the ball while I think it was Sam Durden picked it up and kicked a goal in the first quarter. Yeah, that um, was poor. It's the only poor that, thing he did for all day. That was, that was awful. It was a moment of awfulness in a beautiful game. And I think the uh, CJ for all Australian train is back on track after a quiet week last week. Yeah, I agree. And I, it really, he, the way that he is the catalyst for our, for our team to, to get going, uh, similar to a similar thing against North and was really the, the, the person to, to kind of take the team on his shoulders and take the crowd along with him. And he did the same thing today. The Carlton supporters around me were just singing his praises as well. And when you get Carlton supporters, um, you know, on your side, you're doing a bloody good job. His, his ability to accelerate away from the contest is just unbelievable. And I haven't seen that from a, 
a player for for a very long time. Um, so just hope he continues the form because he's just just a beauty. Certainly, the post game discussion on SEN that I heard was uh, is he already cracking the top fifty players in the competition. So he is a he is speeding up there with a bullet. Number ten. Jaeger O'Meara, as Brad likes to call him, 17 disposals, two marks, four tackles, uh, eight of those, uh, eight contested possessions. Um, what else of note with uh, O'Meara? Didn't score, um, four tackles, and uh, 15 centre bounce attendances. So, um, Daz, how did you rate the game of our acting captain? I reckon he's he's trying. He, I don't think he's in great form. I think he's busting a gut, and he, I think he 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 he's feel, not feeling the pressure of leadership, but he understands as leader that he has to step up. I just think he's not playing particularly well at the moment. Yeah, he's just an awful run of form. When you when you look at the preseason, you look at the first three games of the season. He's just something's not right. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can't fault him his lack of effort. I think he's. He's really trying. He's maybe trying a bit too hard, I think, and trying to. I, I guess when you become that that senior, that's you know one of one of few senior players, and you know the captaincy, it, it's it, it's a lot. But, um, there's something not right with you, with Jager, and yes. um, <laughs> and I think uh, I think he's got to sort it out fast because honestly, we're just having trouble with winning the footy, um, and he he needs to he needs to do that job. Yeah, uh, I agree uh, with everything Daz said. It feels like it's just a real grind for Jags at the moment. Like everything's really hard for him. Um, He's definitely not running on top of the ground. Um, I'd give him a five and it's a bare five just because, like you said, he tried. And I think you're right, Ash. I think he's almost putting too much pressure on himself at the moment. It's trying a bit too hard. He just needs to let the game come to him a bit more. Uh, Cotter Nash. Uh, 16 disposals, seven uh, kicks, one mark, five tackles. Um, he had um, ten, ten, seven contested possessions, 10 uncontested. Uh, he was and took one mark, but he was Hawthorne's second ruck for the day. Again, uh, they had to give Ned Rose a few minutes break each quarter, and uh, Connor Nash, as was the case last week, became the sort of the follower. He had four inside 50s. Um, he had, I'm trying to find the hit out stats for him, but um, he had eight hit outs. Uh, again, I thought he was, I thought he played really well. I just thought his physicality after quarter time, uh, Hawthorne started to rest back, you know, the center clearances, the center, the center didn't work well for Hawthorne for most of the day, but I thought uh, Connor Nash's physicality around the ball was pretty good. I thought it was one of his better games. Yeah, agree. I think um, I, I think what I'm, I'm I'm really impressed with with Connor this year is his versatility. So you know, pinch hitting in the ruck, getting around the ground, getting involved, putting aggression around the ball. I think you know Mitchell's looking like the Nash whisper in a lot of ways. Is because if there was a knock on him from the sort of early part of his career, it's, he just wouldn't he didn't get involved. Some games he would just be a ghost on the ground, and I think he's putting his body around and uh, he was he was really effective today. He's becoming a really important player for us. Yeah, absolutely, Daz. I think um, – I wonder whether this was his most complete performance for the Hawks. Um, I think there were some things that he did today which I haven't seen from him, just, you know, uh, running away from the stoppage, hitting – and he did – actually, he did it against Port last week too where he hit, hit a couple of players lace out with some really good delivery. And um, if we can start to see more of that alongside the crash and bash, big body in the stoppage kind of thing, um, I think there's a really, really good AFL player there. And who would have thought that uh, even this time last year? Yeah, that's right. We had most of us had him on the first plane back to Ireland at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I'll uh, give him a I'll give him a seven and a half because I don't think Daz or I rated him just then. So I'll give him a seven and a half for today. Daz, you got your rating? Yeah, I'm gonna say seven and a half as well. Same as Prinzi. Um interested to see what they do next week. Max Lynch will be out of the concussion protocol when they're going up against Ryder and um Marshall St. Kilda. I think uh they probably will go for two rucks and Nash won't need to be the backup rucker next week, but we'll wait to see what Brad decides at match committee. Okay. Uh, the Prince of Waverley made his first, played his first game for Hawthorne this year. Will Day, 22 disposals, 
seven marks, three tackles, 81% of the time in the defensive half, 73% disposal efficiency, um, six contested, 15 uncontested possessions, so seven marks, um, four rebound 50s. Uh, what do you think of his first game back, Danny? Well, firstly, happy Will Day to everyone who celebrates. Um, I has a player that's played what a dozen games of AFL football, sixteen or something. Sixteen. He has this ability to calm everyone down, from the players around him to the fans in the stands. He's uh, he's he's really a unique talent, Will, and um, and we're really lucky to have him. I I thought he was great. Um, you know, little little rusty here and there, but I mean, it's his first game of AFL footy for quite some time. I, I mean, to just slide in and have 22 touches, um, you know, at the rate that he did, yeah, happy days. I give him an eight. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to give him a seven because I think he was just – he just looked like someone that hadn't played at that level for, for quite some time. Um, bit rusty, but, yeah, you, you're right in everything you said, Danny. It's just when he has the ball, you, you, you feel safe and – He's just going to only kind of go into the season from here. I'm just glad that he got through that game unscathed. Fortified by breakfast the day before at your local, Daz, as well. Uh, yeah, that's well, right. A few Hawthorne boys were back in my local, Mr. Brightside in Caulfield South. So I um, was too starstruck to get a photo of them, but they were there. Someone else did it for you. Um, <laughs> I think that he started, he was a bit rusty early, and I think he, timed, he fatigued late. I think he's one of those players in the last 10 minutes who didn't have much left to give as Carlton took control of the game again. But a uh, pretty good first-half effort from, to have him back on the side. Okay, Dylan Moore, loves a goal. 21 disposals, uh, two goals, one, nine marks, two tackles, um, 79% disposal efficiency. He had eight contested, 12 uncontested possessions. Scoring accuracy was 50%, uh, 91.34%. Minutes on the ground, five inside 50s. He had uh, score involvement, which was interesting for Will. Why can't I find score involvements? I'll, uh, had six score involvements. Uh, he was one of the few good players in the first quarter. The only one who was really dangerous, close to goal. Enormous work rate pushing up the ground. I thought he played further up the ground uh, today. And look at his heat map as well, which suggests he played a bit further up the ground than he, he has for some time. Uh, another player who got the team back into the game in the second quarter. Cannot believe in the space of a season and a half what an important player he's become and what a barometer of the side he's become. It is just a joy to watch him go about his business every week. Yep. Uh, Dylan Moore is elite. Um, I don't care what Kane Corn says. That man is phenomenal. He was, as you said, Ash, he was one of the only ones that really put their hand up when it was tough going in that first quarter barrage um, and, you know, literally put his head on the line, got his head taken off when he kicked his second goal. Um, and, um, yeah, he was he was just fantastic. The link-up play, he loves getting involved in scoring chains um, and generally when he gets his hands on it, um, it is a something that leads to a shot on goal. So um, he's incredibly clean and he's very good overhead for a man of such a small stature. Um, yeah, I give him, uh, I'll give him an eight and a half. Yeah, eight okay. for me. And it's, um, it's interesting because you said the word Bromley because that was the first thing I wrote down in my match notes because he just, he's the one that, that um, lights a flame under this team and, and gets them going. And it, you just know he's going to pop up with a goal when we need it. So just hope he continues on because, yeah, he, he has been a leader, as Princey said. Jack Scrimshaw only lasted a quarter, went off with what has been called a broken or fractured scapula, which, depending on, uh, it could be half a season or it could be two weeks, depending on how it heals. Um, he thinks he's going to play next week, according to Sam Mitchell, but probably more unlikely not to play than to play. Three disposals in that quarter. Um, just point to, to lose him. I mean, they're seven goals, they're down by 40 points, whatever, at one stage, no scrimmage on the back line. You think this is going to be an absolutely disastrous day, but the back line seemed to uh, go all right without him. And uh, he's, um, without his, he's sort of rebounded uh, his intercept marking. Uh, just a quick one for him, boys. Don't dwell on him, give you only five a quarter. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not going to rate him, but um, it's just – I mean, it's sad to see a guy go down at any time, isn't it? But especially in your 50th, 50th game for the club you've supported as a kid, that's a bummer. Not a, not a nice way to end it, um, but I hope he gets better. I hope he gets better quickly. We're a better side when he's in the team, so. I agree with all that, yeah. Just gutted for him because it's 50 games and one of my favourite Hawks at the moment, so big loss. Blake Hardwick, 18 disposals, uh, six marks, two tackles. Just look at that heat map. He doesn't leave the defensive 50 very often these days. That's 78% disposal efficiency. Uh, he had four contested, 12 uncontested possessions, five turnovers from Dimmer, which is he'd be a little bit disappointed with three intercept possessions, um, six marks, all uncontested. Uh, what did you think of his game, uh, Darren? I thought it was... Look, he's a model of consistency, but I thought maybe he didn't I agree. I don't think he used it as well as he normally does. But, you know, still one of our most reliable defenders and such a key cog in that back line. So uh, the seven for me, one half a point down from his, his general seven and a half that I give him every game. But, um, yeah, just, just still just love having him in the back line. He's so important for us. Yeah, I didn't notice. Um, I didn't notice Dimmer as much as uh, I think we normally do uh, when I watch him play. When we watch the Hawks play, but um, I thought he was. What I did see was, yeah, solid yet unspectacular. I'd probably give him a six and a half. Daniel Howe uh, came on at quarter time. He was at medical sub, replaced Scrimshaw, fifteen disposals, four marks, four tackles, sixty-five uh, percent defensive half. 80% disposal efficiency, but there were four. They had five turnovers one stage, back down to four. I think these champion data guys must have done some revisions because I had him down for five turnovers at one stage. Um, he had four tackles. He had he was one set amounts attempts, is interesting. I thought he was okay. I thought he was serviceable. A couple of turnovers uh, hurt, hurt them at times. I mean, we'll get to the turnover king a bit later on, but to, he puts the ball a couple of times at key stages, uh, Daniel Howe. Danny? Yeah, um, I, I'm never quite sure how to feel about Dan Howe games. Um, he always does a few good things peppered with uh, a couple of like ones that just make you scratch your head. I, I gave him a six. I thought he was solid. I think like um, Tom Phillips, the first two rounds, he's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades as a as a medical sub, um, but he's not somebody that's going to come on and change the game for you. Um, he's just going to be another sort of cog in the engine, and he did that pretty well today. So a six out of ten. Yeah, six as well for me. I, th- I think he was rewarded for his box heel form, um, but I think actually Phillips probably made a bigger impact as the medical sub in the first two rounds. How is an interesting player because he went at eighty percent, which. It just didn't seem right when you look at that stat, and that's because he makes really key turnovers at the wrong time. So, and 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 they tend to overshadow his game. So, um, I'm just hoping that you know he, he he actually ended the season really well last year, and I'm I'm just hoping that it's it's an aberration for him, and he he kind of gets back to that to that place that he was at uh, towards the end of the last year, where he was probably one of our better players. Jack Gunson, seven disposals. Um... Two goals, one, including the goal on the run that put Hawthorne in front late, oh, so midway through the final quarter as it was. Uh, 85% time in the attacking half of the ground, 71% disposal efficiency. A uh, bit like Mitch Lewis, we were so, uh, after two good weeks, he was, he was, he's probably due a downer. That one came today. Uh, Carlton Beckler, he was also opposed to a player like Weider for a time and uh, Played him very well. Jack would get the separation uh, that he got against, uh, certainly against Port Adelaide. Uh, the Blues had him worked out pretty well. So, yeah, he'd be a little bit disappointed in that outing today. But again, a lot of the, as we said about Lewis, uh, it was hard work at times for the Hawthorne forwards. Yeah, hard work indeed. I, I'm, I'm loath to give poor scores to forwards when the midfield delivery was as poor as it was today because it's really, really hard for him. But there were a couple of times where Jack got well tailed, tailed up by Lewis Young 
Um, and that probably shouldn't happen either. Um, I've given him a four. It's probably harsh. Um, we can't afford, we definitely can't afford to have both our key forwards having down weeks at the same time. It just, it's just not going to work for us kicking a, kicking a winning score, but, um, he got his two goals. I think that were the last two goals we kicked for the game. Um, you, you know, it could have been completely different if he hadn't nailed that one, um, from Jager in the first minute or, or so of, of the game from the first center center clearance. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a downer from, uh, from Jack. Hopefully he bounce back ne- bounces back next week. Yeah, I agree with Prinzi in that. I don't think he, it's harsh to, to judge him by the amount of the, the terrible service that he got for most of the game. But, yeah, he, he I think that missed set shot in the first minute really set the tone for him and he, he really struggled to get into the game. But still, still, still impacted the game and almost kicked the winning goal. So it's a six from me and I just expect him to, to kind of bounce back next week. And I don't think he, Jack Gunson really ever plays two bad games in a row. But he will now because I said he won't. Speaking of two bad games in a row, Chad Wingard, 12 disposals, uh, two marks, four tackles, one goal, uh, 54% of his time in the offensive half of the ground, 67% disposal efficiency, um, four contested possessions, 50, 50% scoring accuracy. Uh, yeah, Chad's uh, he's certainly the great form he finished last season in has disappeared. Uh, he's had a very slow start to the season. No, he was only lasted half a game against Port and they took him off precautionary wise, but they need a bit more from Wingard in a game like this today. He uh, it was set up for him to. To play well, um, big crowd, big occasion, and I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was pretty poor. Uh, there are people calling for him to be dropped. I wouldn't say that, but uh, I reckon he does need to lift. I don't think we have the luxury of dropping a player of the caliber of Chad Wingard, but uh, I'm with you there, Ash. But um, he either looked like he wasn't 100 percent right, or he just sort of was a bit disinterested today. Every time I saw him, um, he'd drop off the chase, uh, chasing the the Carlton defender who was running out out of the back 50 or our forward 50, and just sort of didn't look like he was heavily invested, which is never a good sign. I I give him a four, and I think he's lucky to get a four. To be honest, um, we really need to see uh, back half of 2021, um, Chad, not not the Chad that we've seen so far this year. Yeah, I agree with Prinzi, and it's, it's probably four and a half for me. I, I think he's not he's playing like someone that's not really trusting his body. I, I think the lack of the preseason is maybe the 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 tweak to the hamstring, feeling his hamstring last week. He, I don't. I think he was he was very reluctant to to go on those those big chases, and I think he, he's definitely playing like someone who maybe feels like he's not one hundred percent. Uh, ready to go yet. So I think definitely we're going to see him building over the next few weeks as he does this sort of mini preseason on the run. Luke Bruce, 14 possessions, 14 disposals, uh, three marks, three tackles, two goals, uh, 92% in the offensive half. We expect that 64% disposal disposal efficiency, six turnovers. Um, what do you make of his game, Daz? Yeah, I, I, I thought he had a decent game. Um, that is six and a half for me. And I think Scott Pendlebury put it best when he said he makes a seriously hard look very simple. Um, he he does a lot of does a lot of great work off the ball and brings others into the game. And I, I, I thought he had a pretty pretty decent game. One not being completely spectacular. And I, I think he's playing a role now. And I think he's not the main man in our forward line. And I, I, th- I think he's doing all he needs to do. I agree with um, everything you've said there, Daz. I think if I look at the difference between uh, Luke Bruce and Jack Gunston today, I think they both probably could have gone the way Gunston went. Um, but Bruce found a way to get himself involved and end up kicking to himself. And he definitely had at least two goal assists that I remember because he gave Connor McDonald one and uh, somebody else one that name now escapes me. But um, he just he just is... Like Pendlebury said, he's just he's great to watch, and he he's just so clever, um, and he just works out ways to get involved, even if he's not having his best day. So I gave him a seven today. I reckon he's lost that little bit of acceleration, that little bit of burst of speed when he first gets the ball. I mean, he's still one of the smartest players out there. Um, he can still use those uh, those those. He's still very hard to 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 tackle. But I just think we're seeing the very start of the decline of Luke Bruce, but not to say he's not a 
not a sore worthy member of the team. He absolutely is, and he's probably got two or three years of, of good footy for Hawthorne. But I, I think we're starting to see the the, the decline. But uh, a couple of times today, I just looked at him and thought, not quite the Luke Bruce that we've known and loved for a long time. But uh, uh, nevertheless, he'll be in the team for as long as he needs to be. 24, I think this is what the, the most improved player at Hawthorne so far this year um, would be, to, in my eyes, is Denver Granger Barras, 18 disposals, six marks, two tackles, um, 72% disposal efficiency. He had uh, seven contested, seven, uh, 10 uncontested possessions, 11 intercept possessions. Um, he took uh, six marks. One of those was contested. Uh, I thought he was terrific today at DGB. I thought his confidence is growing. To see over three games, he's improved, markedly improved over every game. And I'm absolutely convinced now that uh, he is the worthy of the whatever the number six pick that he was in the 2020 national draft. And likely after, we weren't sure whether he fitted into the best 22 at the start of the season. There was one of the big discussions was, is he, does he need more time Box Hill? He might never need the direction to Box Hill City Oval again. He is a rock-solid member now of the defensive back six. Love the way he plays, love the flair. He's got a compared to streak, bordering on a mean streak. And I just love him. And I thought he was great today. Yeah, I'm... I- Echo everything you've just said there, Ash. Um, I'm I'm a champion of the DGB cause, and I was a little worried the way that Charlie Kerno started and was kind of ragdolling him early in that first quarter, um, making him look like the skinny young kid that he is. But um, man, he worked, did he, through, work, he worked through it. He worked right through it. That's exactly the words I was looking for. He worked through it, and he became like a very good player on the day. I, I, I gave him a seven and a half. It could have been an eight. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was great after quarter time. Really, really good. And that's what you want to see from a young developing key back, right? Like you just want to see, you said from game to game, he's improved. He improved from quarter to quarter today. And that's, that's massive. And let's just hope his injury isn't too bad. Yeah. You, you really put it perfectly there. Um, Danny, I think, you know, it's an eight for me. I think his aggression and then, his competitiveness is is a thing that brought him back into the game. He didn't wilt. He's a young player that's got so much upside. It's ridiculous. I think he's, that was his eighth game. The club and certainly his best one um, in brown and gold. And I, I, I thought he was a, a real sort of just slots into that back line perfectly. He's, it's a formidable wall now with DGB and, and Sis and Frost there. Okay, Josh Ward, uh, listen to this. Quarter one, one disposal, one kick. Uh, in the second quarter, he had 12 disposals, four kicks, eight handballs. For the game, he had 20 disposals, 10 kicks, 10 handballs. Um, he said uh, 70% disposal efficiency, uh, eight contested possessions, um, one goal assist, three score involvements. I thought his second quarter was magnificent. Ward, I think he faded a bit after halftime, but a few more of them got into the game. But he's work in the second quarter. Mitchell has complete faith to put him in the centre bounces. I mean, he was at 19 centre bounces, 10 assists today. I don't have the, the rankings for Hawthorne, but that would be right up there. Just thought his second quarter was terrific. Some of his movement, some of his uh, use of hands, uh, his vision was outstanding. Um, he probably struggled to run the game out. It was a physical, bruising afternoon. Or football, but uh, geez, I'd be giving high points just for his work in the second quarter to help him get back in the game. Uh, an eight for me for Josh Ward. I think um, I, I, how seamlessly he's fit into AFL footy into this Hawks midfield unit is is amazing. And I know, you know, high draft picks and all that sort of stuff, but here's a guy that's come off two COVID interrupted years in his last two junior years and straight into an AFL team and straight into 19 center clearances for in his third game of AFL footy. That's, that's insane to me. Um, he, he did so many good things. The only thing I'll, I'll bring up, I, was, I could not believe he got run down by Harry Mackay. <laughs> um, he even looked back over his shoulder, saw where Mackay was and still got run down. He thought so, he'd take him on. He thought I've got him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was I was baffled by that one um, for somebody so smart um, and yeah but other than that I think he was fantastic like you said that second quarter was was um, really good and should get all Hawk supporters really excited for the future I reckon yeah Josh Ward to me is that he's the future but he's also the present 
and and we certainly didn't expect him to just come in like that. And and I think if his name was um, uh, if if his name was um, oh my god, I can't believe I blank. Oh, Juan Francis, I think the uh, the whole the whole internet would be ablaze at the moment. But he, you know, comes in that second quarter, wins a first clearance, just got us going, and just was willing to take the team off on his own back, which. You know, someone playing his third game, it's just freakishly. Um, I'm just so excited to, to see what he can do. He loves the club. So uh, he wasn't happy with quarter time like 25,000 Hawthorne supporters who were there. Uh, Connor McDonald, uh, 15 disposals, 10 kicks, five handballs, one goal, two, four marks, one tackle. Uh, 54% of the time, the defence half was interesting. I would have thought he played a bit more up the ground. 47% disposal efficiency. So I think he's still, he's getting the footy, still need to work out exactly how to dispose of it. Uh, 33% scoring accuracy. Uh, what else about him? That's probably the notable numbers. Uh, what do you think of his game, Danny? I'm a, I'm a big Connor McDonald fan. Um, he it, it looked a couple of times and and the disposal efficiency sort of um, reflects that. It looked like a couple of times he was making his decisions when he got the ball rather than um, having his decision made before he got the ball. Um, and that's just pace of the game and the intensity that the blues went at, especially early in the, in the game. Um, I, I give him a seven. Um, I thought he was really good for a third gamer in that sort of heat um, kicked a goal, could have kicked another, um, but there's, there's, there's seriously something to work with, with uh, the three of uh, Ward, McDonald and Newcomb um, going forward. That's a, that's a pretty handy um, start to a midfield unit um, for the next gen. Yeah, those three are going to play a lot of footy together for a, for a long time to come. The fact that he's gone from, you know, COVID-interrupted seasons to playing in front of 66,000 people at the MCG and, and actually having that, that impact that he had, especially in that third quarter. I called him the third quarter specialist on Twitter because I just think he, he's sort of second game in a row now that he's come alive in the third quarter and really impacted the game. Um, just classy user of the footy, really good footy IQ, um, and he's tracking along beautifully for a third gamer. Number 37 for Hawthorne is Ned Noodle-Reeves. Uh, seven disposals, two marks, two tackles, five get five handballs, seventy-one percent disposal efficiency. He had. Um, let's look at the big stats for a ruckman. He had. Um, he had where are the hitouts here. He had twenty-three hitouts, um, twenty setabouts attendance, fifty ruck contests. Um, his first game of league football last year was against Carlton. He played pretty well. Uh, I thought he was serviceable today. Not the best game. He's not the best of his game so far. Fourth. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, just okay for me. Um, I think we know that with Reeves at the moment, it, it's kind of what he does in the middle because once the ball hits the deck, he's a little bit useless. Um, and that's not to say that he won't get better in that space, but he's definitely a tap ruckman first and foremost. Uh, he's around the ground work, needs a bit of work. Um, five and a half for me, um, only because I don't really rate Pittenet as a tap ruckman and they kind of broke even. Um, we needed him to have a bit more dominance in that area to give our midfielders a chance against uh, the Carlton mids. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, it's a five and a half for me too. I think he just needs to do more around the ground. Two marks for a Ruckman. He just wasn't he wasn't there for those get-out kicks. And I think he's going to play a lot better with, with Lynch um, by his side. So, yeah, uh, five and a half for me. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – I mean, they've got no choice. They have to play him now. They can't – with McAvoy out for half a season, they, they can't afford to – Give him a rest some week and uh, freshen up. He just got to sort of uh, suck it up and, and go again uh, every week for the next few weeks. So uh, I think he'll be better. At, okay, but into next week, that's Paddy Ryder and Ryan Marshall, who are a very good one-two combination. I think Lynch will have to play, but as I said, we'll discuss that uh, over the course of the week. And finally, Jai Newcomb. Uh, again, another player who his first quarter disposal, he had, he had one tackle the first quarter. That was his... Net involved in the game. I remember remarking people with the game said, Newcomb's having a stinker. It was like the worst quarter he's played. He's played for Hawthorne and then he came, came good. The just disappeared for Patricek. 
ended up with 17 disposals. In the second quarter, he had uh, he had seven. So he worked his way back into the game nicely. In the third quarter, he disappeared a little bit in the last quarter. Um, but all up, so for Newcastle, 70 disposals, six marks, six tackles. Uh, he had uh, 76% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions. Um, he had um, two score involvements. He had um, five inside 50s, two rebound 50s. 11 centre bounce attendances. So he um, is becoming an important sort of first choice midfielder for the Hawks. Um, Darren, wrap it up with uh, your thoughts on Dry Newcomb. Well, are, we, are we ignoring Finn McGuinness on purpose here? <laughs> oh, I forgot Finn. I'll get back to Finn. Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Jai, Jai, I just love a lot of the things he does. And I, and I think it didn't come off, but he, he went for a very, very smart kick to I think to Chad when and just just kind of surprised everyone and just overcooked it a bit but that just shows to me that he's thinking about the game in a very very unique way and I think that's what's super exciting about Jai sometimes it doesn't come off and it's a bit of Jai ball going on with him is just chaos footy personified but I just love his aggression and just also just love when he's got the ball in his hands because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm an unabashed Newcomb fan. Uh, was giddy about our prospects of picking him up in the midseason draft after his first half of the season last year at Box Hill. Um, stoked when we picked him up, and um, I, I just he just seems to add a new string to to the bow um, each week um, so far this year. And uh, I thought it was really good today. I, I mean, yeah, he might have started slow, but I think a lot of the football clubs started slow um, today, and. I gave him a seven. I thought he was in all the good stuff that we did and he had a real impact around the contest. And I feel like he's the sort of player that really leaves his mark on opposition players. He hits and when he hits, he hits bloody hard. There was one tackle today where it was either Crips or Walsh. I think one of Crips actually just went really hard at him and it was a great tackle, made it stick and clearly he said, well, I don't care what your best player and the, and the, and the superstar. I'm going to go, I'm going to work you over. It was a great it was a great tackle. That's it. He just doesn't care. He, doesn't he, care. No, not overawed by sixty six thousand people having played his footy in Gippsland last year. And he just he, he I don't know where he's come from. Come from the clouds, but I'm just so glad we have him. I think we forget that with Hawthorne, um, you know, with no. Crowds in 2020 and not many, not large crowds. The Carlton crowd game last year was about 45,000. This is the largest crowd a lot of these Hawthorne blokes have played in front of. It's going to be a, a fantastic learning curve uh, to have played in front of a, a crowd of this size. So hopefully Easter Monday will be similar against the Cats. But uh, again, it's a, a source of encouragement that the Hawks weren't overawed, did, didn't disappear into their shells after quarter time. In fact, embraced the occasion and got back in the game. I think that's a, a reflection of the coach. Um, as well, and uh, and the and the personality he has subjected his team. Okay, l- lucky last um, Finn McGuinness, ten disposals. Uh, he had um, I don't know five turnovers, a sixty percent disposal efficiency, uh, five contested, six uncontested possessions. Uh, what I would say about Finn McGuinness is, I mean, again, he was he runs a, he ran the game out, but I think his disposal. And his decision making did let him down at critical times today. And Hawthorne needed to do a lot right after quarter time, and did a lot right. But the, uh, a couple of times, McGuinness in crucial stages, McGuinness didn't help them. You know, we 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 love Finn McGuinness' story. You know, we were so happy when the Hawks drafted him um, as a third generation Hawk. Um, Mitchell wants to keep playing, wants to give him a run of games because last year he was dropped. Before this, he'd been dropped every time, after every game he played. It will be interesting to see whether he keeps faith next week with perhaps Jarman Impey to come back into the side. I think the one thing that you can say, and you touched on it, Ash, is that he he ran 15.8 Ks in this game. He was the um, hardest and furthest running player on the ground for the second week in a row, which is fantastic. But he kind of runs where the ball isn't. Um, and then when he does get it, 
he's playing at a VFL pace in an AFL game. So he gets caught more often than not, or as he's getting rid of it, he's getting tackled. So the disposal doesn't come off clean. And he's the sort of guy that needs space to hit his targets. Cause he's not a, he's not great by foot. Um, I would be surprised if he holds his place in the team next week um, after this performance. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, completely writing him off because I think some players take a little bit more time to adjust to the pace of AFL footy than others. Um, but Finn's got a long way to go to adjust to that speed of the game and it really his speed of his brain and how quickly it's working to get himself to do what he needs to do in certain situations. Um, I gave him a four. Yeah, it's a four as well. And it's, it's disappointing because I think we all just want Finn to, to, to really kick on from here. I hope he, keeps his spot for, for, for a few more games and we just get to see whether he's, whether there's an AFL footballer in there. And he's definitely working hard. It's just I totally agree with that comment, Annie, about him, him not kind of thinking at the pace of an AFL footballer at the moment. And, and maybe that'll, that'll come with experiencing the game at that level a bit more. So, you know, Shields is probably the natural replacement there and um, it'll be interesting to see what Mitchell does from here. Well, it will be interesting because this is the first time this is the first time we've got to see Sam Mitchell after a loss and how he deals with it. So that I think will be uh, lightning for a lot of people. Whether he's uh, whether he looks at the says uh, whether he rewards the comeback or whether he says you know the team wasn't up to scratch and makes some changes. I noticed that um, Liam Fields didn't play for Box Hill today. Box Hill were overrun the last quarter and were well beaten by Carlton, which is a bit um, sobering for those of us who. Uh, Thought Box saw good things. They're now 0-2. So Clint Proctor and his boys have got a bit of work to do. Jarman Impey played the last three quarters of the game. I'm trying to call up the uh, AFL website story, uh, to, but it's not loading up. So uh, there we go. The about the Box Hill game is Ned Long got a bit of the footy. So maybe there's going to be a, uh, another debutante in Long coming in for McGuinness yes. next week. Jarman Impey, uh, 16 disposals uh, after sitting at the first quarter. Uh, Phillips had 27 touches. That's as in Tom. Emerson Jacob was one of two multiple goal kickers for the Hawks. Kicked two goals. And Ned Long, 19 possessions, 11 tackles. Uh, Jai Sarong uh, had 15 touches and kicked a goal. So that's the high-level thing for uh, Box Hill. And we look forward to seeing what uh, Brad Klobansky and Sam Mitchell do at Selection. Later this week, so just an F, just an FYI, um, for the Shields watchers, his wife had a baby today, oh, so that's today. probably why he didn't play for Box Hill. So you're stalking him on Instagram, that's good to know. So, <laughs> no, uh, no, putting it out there that oh, we, have a, <laughs> we have a mutual friend, so I saw oh, it good. through her. Good to hear. Well, I, I, I think he will be, I would not be surprised if we don't see Shields against. Uh, St Kilda next week I'd be staggered if he doesn't play Easter Monday against Geelong I think it's the sort of game they'll look to have the experience of Liam Shields back in the side for um, the Hawks got a couple of big home games coming up that's been our player review don't forget this is the one this is our big podcast that goes up this will be up uh, you'll be listening to this hopefully by Monday morning on uh, iTunes Spotify Apple Podcasts or through it, the Substack um Please rate and review the podcast. Give it a nice big rating. Tell your friends and bump it up the charts as we try to make this the number one Hawthorne unofficial podcast. So I think official podcast at the moment going around. Um, don't forget our Twitter spaces on Tuesday night. I think we've got a couple more weeks of Thursday night footy. So two more weeks of Tuesday night Twitter space before we go back to Thursday nights um, and look for a variety of stories, including uh, Peter Hudson's book excerpt, which will go up in the next few days as well of the Great Dan Eddy book. So uh, just one or two last words to describe the day of the footy today, Daz? Yeah, it just a, a loss that sort of felt like a win in a lot of ways. And I think um, they'll take a lot out of that. They're a, they're a hungry young side and they showed so much character in coming back from that uh, first quarter. And I thought we were the better side for the, for the next three. So a lot to take out of that game and I'm really proud of them. If you don't want to watch Hawthorne replays and they lose, you might enjoy watching it from quarter time through to about 20 minutes the last quarter. It's actually a really good game of footy and, uh, and a lot to like about the way the Hawks went about it. Danny, thanks for stepping up for the uh, infirm Andrew Weiss. Boys, could take uh, your player ratings input and value. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to seeing talking to you both on our 
Tuesday night uh, Twitter spaces. Thanks for listening. Have a good couple of days and we'll talk to you again in a few days on Hawks Insiders. Good night.